What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode number 58 of the Two Metal for This podcast. I'm Jason, and with me, as always, is Justin. How's it going, everybody? And Bobby. I'm Bobby motherfucking McDermott. And as I went walking outside that door, a man asked me for a dollar. I asked him what it's for. He said, I've seen them. I said, okay, it's yours. How's your day going? So you know what else is cool besides dollars? Two dollars? All of you guys that have been listening to this show every week, week after week, you listen to our shit for a year now. Mm -hmm. Pretty awesome. If you've been supporting the show all along, you can continue to show your support by interacting with us on the socials. We're on Facebook and Instagram at 2Metal for This, or you can send us an email at 2Metal for This at Yahoo.com. This week, we have a special shout out to Murphy and Connor McManus, as well as David Della Rocco. Hell yeah. We appreciate you all very much. Uh, I also have a shout out. I said I wasn't going to shout out this guy anymore, the old caveman with no social media, but... Every fucking week, like the past month, he comes up to me with a story of him at the gas station or at the stoplight. He's blasting metal, talks to a stranger, and then he tells him about the podcast. So, cheers yeah, to our TMFT Army member out there in the fucking front lines doing the work. John Martin, get some. Thank you, John. Good job. Really appreciate you, John. I mean, every week we fucking tell you guys, share this shit with people. He's out there talking to fucking strangers. Whether they listen to it or not, he's doing his part. Good job. He's our unofficial street team. So we got a really cool episode for you this week. This episode marks our one-year anniversary. Mm, Oh, yeah. And we're going to mark the occasion by discussing and somewhat recreating our long-lost episode. (laughs) Bobby's (laughs) also got some music reviews for us. I do. But before we get into that, here's Justin with the news. The news. Live Nation announced they will end merch cuts for bands moving forward. They will also give artists $1,500 per show in addition to their earnings for expenses. Uh, It's a step in the right direction, but my question is, will ticket prices now go up for Live Nation to compensate for their financial losses due to the change? Mm. Will this just be passed down to us fans with additional fees? How do you guys think? Mm, Progress is progress. It's just like you said, step in the right direction. We can't fucking start getting mad at shit that ain't happened yet so they're trying to fix it good job yeah i'm gonna wait and see see how it impacts us it's hard to say it's hard for me to put my faith in live nation Mm -hmm. that they're trying to do the right thing i feel like there has to be a there's something in it for them yeah uh, i'm waiting to see exactly how it pans out but at the same time how many of these fucking tours and bands have uh they've been canceling because they can't afford to keep going Uh so if the bands cancel Y'all not going to get no fucking money, so they got to figure something out. So, And then the other side of that is if you're a smaller venue and you are not a Live Nation venue, mm-hmm. it forces your hands. So how's that going to impact the smaller venues? I'm not saying I agree with the smaller venues uh, doing merch cuts either, mm-hmm. but it's going to force their hand where they're not going to be able to do it either because mm-hmm. the bands are going to be like, fucking Live Nation's not charging us merch cuts. Like, why are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Mm. I think they get enough cut off the the concessions and all that. They shouldn't be taking the merch anyway. So you said the I, best. It's a step I in agree. the right direction. Yep. Yep. Opeth will headline Bloodstock 2024 with a fan picked set list. Oh, that's cool. Don't nice. know how they're going to determine that yet, but Bloodstock will take place August 8th through the 11th in Derbyshire. 
who also feature architects Amonamarth Clutch, oh, Malevolence, Hatebreed, Flogging Molly, and many more yet to be announced. That's cool. I would guess that it would be like kind of like a poll, like every, all the fans. I would assume something one. like that. They just haven't said specifically how they're going to do it yet. That's pretty fucking so. cool, yeah. though. Because, I mean, the, the thing lately is everybody's doing like the 20th anniversary tour of like a whole album or something. Do a fucking uh, fan gets to pick the set list tour. Yeah, because you could get some real deep cuts that Fuck way. Fuck yeah. So That's pretty neat. 200 stab wounds continue hey. to show up everywhere. Fucking A. Including right here at the one-year anniversary of the two medal for this. Goddamn right. Get it done, boys. But their uh, next stop will be on Rock Band 4, the video game, with their song Masters of Morbidity. All right. This track, along with Yes's Roundabout, that's a weird pairing, will be on the Season Pass 33 for Rock Band. Yeah, man. Dude, whoever the fuck their manager is, is incredible. He keeps them fucking busy. No shit. Now you're on Rock Band. Yeah, they're, I'm telling you, like fucking five, ten years from now, they're going to be like fucking super legit debt, 200 stab wounds. Yeah. Great fucking name, too. When they first met their manager, the manager asked them, like, what does your name mean? And they were like, you'll never have to find out as yeah. long as you take us to the top. There I you feel go. like they got like a like a rap music manager. Or something yeah. like because this yeah. dude's out there fucking. He's up. hustling it, man. No shit. Good job for that guy. Ozzy plans on recording a new album in 2024 with a tour to follow. He says, "What? We I, will see." Yeah, it's dumb. I like the optimism. I do. Too. I don't think we need any more Ozzy albums. If nah, I'm being honest, no, nah. we don't. Uh, last one was kind of let him fucking <laughs> go in peace, man. You know, thy art is murder. Parted ways with. That's CK. not how you say that. <laughs> Thy art is murder. Thy art is murder. Anyway, they parted ways with CJ McMahon last week. They even re-recorded his vocals on their new album, Godlike, with an unnamed vocalist. Well, we now know who the vocalist is. It is Tyler Miller. He was formerly in Aversion's Crown. <laughs> Never Dumb heard of him. Yeah. Uh, Miller made his live debut with the band on September 27th. Right. So they are moving forward. He sounds brutal. Yeah, I didn't know that good. was him, but he sounds fucking brutal. I never heard of a Virgin's Crown either, but yeah, he sounds good. Yeah. Well, they're not a thing. He's a, he's in a new band now. Who well, gives a fuck about them? I mean, yeah. it might still be a thing. I don't know. A Virgin's Crown. Are you out there? Either way, it sounds no, like CJ will go sing for them. Hey. All right. Sounds like they won't miss a beat live, though. No. So. Yeah. There we go. From what I've heard, that new album sounds pretty good. So. It's pretty good. Static X's new album, Project Regeneration Volume 2, has been delayed until January. Uh, but oh. Static X recently announced uh, two legs of their co-headlining Machine Killer Tour with Seven Dust, also featuring Dope and Lines of Loyalty. Leg one kicks off October 6th in Houston through November 1st in Los Angeles. Leg two is February 1st in Myrtle Beach through February 27th in Newport. For 42 total dates, the massive tour tickets are selling quick. So if you want to pick them up, you might want to do that now. Was I got there, a ticket was there a reason that the, the album got delayed? They didn't list anything. I mean, you would figure you would want to crank out the album. You're going on a tour. Before the tour, yeah. Just drop the one. Like, what the fuck? Not sure. They haven't perfected the AI that's copying Wayne's voice. Yet. Oh, boy. I mean, I know you're joking, but it might be legit. Reason why not? I wouldn't doubt if they I mean, are for real, using like, it to fill in Logically, gaps. why would you fucking postpone dropping the album when you're doing this fucking tour? Seven Nets just dropped their one, which is pretty fucking good. And like how what the nah, it's dumb. 
Nonpoint will oh. have a headline run this December with Head PE, Sumo Psycho, and Varsity. The tour starts December 1st in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Ends December 15th in Flint, Michigan. Why the fuck would you go there? It's about as bad as Gary, Indiana. Oh, wow. Take That's that. the news. All right, I'm Bobby motherfucking McDermott with some new music out here I'm going to share with you. Going to rate this stuff on a uh, one to six upside down pentagrams. The intention is not to crush anybody's feelings, but I ain't here to suck anybody's dick. If I don't like it, I'll tell you. If I do like it, I'll fucking tell you. All right, here we go. Shotgun Valium. Clarity. Nine songs, 41 minutes. Stoner Rock from Germany. This was an odd listen. Starts off pretty standard rocking. Didn't hate it. Didn't love it. Let it play. Every song ended up getting really fucking cool. Whether it was a change into a nice groove or the drummer did something cool, it kept pulling me back in. Smooth, crisp production. Everyone sounds good. Not much use of the effects. Clean vocals. Drums are on point. It's uh, hard rocking with elements of alternative in there. Uh, standouts are Dark Fucker and Win or Lose. Killer title track. All the way in the back of the record. Thought that was funny. Cool shit from Germany. Definitely check out Shotgun Valium with their new one, Clarity, for Upside Down Pentagrams. Grove Street with their debut album, The Path to Righteousness. 11 songs, 35 minutes. Thrash slash hardcore from England. Cool intro track. Uh, regressing forwards. Kind of got like 80s evil synth awesomeness. Uh, the second track, Hunting Season. Oh, these fucks are coming to get you. Some high-stepping mosh mania, thrashy fucking hardcore. And it's got a goddamn cougar noise in there. That was pretty... That shit was fucking neat sounding. Uh, this is not something you want to listen to while you're sitting in like a desk at work or something. This shit had me on the back porch, one man mosh pitting it like old psycho Maiko. These guys are pissed and they are armed with menacing riffs and furious grooves. Cult slipping is badass. Awesome title track. If you're only going to listen to one because you're a puss, that's the fucking one. But also check out Shift. It's pretty fucking cool. Jason, I think you'll dig it. Justin, you will not. Which sucks because there's a lot of cool shit coming out of England as always. Grove Street with their debut album, The Path to Righteousness. Five upside down pentagrams. Now one out of six. Graveyard. Six. Nine songs, 38 minutes. Swedish psychedelic stoner rock. Saw these guys many years ago, and I was not expecting this. The shit starts off like some fucking urge overkill, like super chill and far out. I had uh, readjusted my levels and uh, let it play out, like whatever. Second song, twice. This is what I was expecting. Cool ass stoner rock. Cool riffing, swimming in effects, solid drumming. Raspy but clean rock and roll style vocals. The pace of the album is a swaying up and down, in and far out, rocking, drugged out swagger, but it's mostly pretty chill, not the intense or weird shit that I normally bring. I Follow You was the standout. They know it's up over there in Sweden. Jason, you will not like this. Justin, catch you at the right time, and I think you will dig mm. this. Check out the latest album from Graveyard, titled Six. It's a four upside down pentagrams for me. Mm-hmm. Harm's Way, Common Suffering, 10 songs, 35 minutes, metallic hardcore from Chicago. Those straight-edge guys sure got a lot of fucking energy. Jesus, crime at Christmas. There's a brief fade intro thing, and then in your fucking face. A bit of stunt grind, then the shit gets in some pretty mean-sounding stuff. You may require someone to listen to this with you so you don't strain your ears from the heft of this album big meaty riffs stomping drums harsh vocals as we're all used to but this album has some interesting dropout type stuff some industrial style noises and some clean vocals from king mother on the track undertow 
At moments, this album sounds like if Fear Factory was brutal as fuck. And I mean that as a positive. Also, the Earth Crisis and Snapcase influence can be heard. Heaven's Call and Cyanide are definitely my favorite tracks on this beast of an album. So get your levels right and check out some straight-edge hardcore from Harm's Way in their fifth full-length album, Common Suffering, Five Upside-Down Pentagrams. As in hell. Debut album, Impai Hora, which is Latin for Ungodly Hour. Ten songs, 39 minutes, death metal power trio, super group, featuring members of Volbeat, Morgoth, and Hatesphere. Which is a badass name. This shit's fucking awesome. It's sludgy stoner death. Inner Sanctified followed by the Crusher Island of Dead Men are great fucking songs. Solid title track. Great production. Everything sounds fucking awesome. Super sick riffs everywhere. Killer drums. Vocals are decent. Kind of a John Tardy, LG Petrov kind of vibe. Uh, the super groups will surprise you, man. They're all from bands that I don't fucking like. They came together and made this unexpected gem. I hope this gets some serious heat and inspires bands to do more stuff like this. After the first signal, I had expectations for this one. Wasn't sure if they were going to deliver, but they did. As in hell, in Pai Ora, five upside-down pentagrams. That's all I got this time. Go listen to something cool and stay curious, motherfuckers. I just said up yours, baby. All right, everyone. Welcome to our one-year anniversary episode. Welcome. We got kind of a special episode for you this week. Kind of. What you may not know is that the actual first episode of our podcast was never actually released. (laughs) What? Even Justin and Bobby haven't actually heard the original audio. (laughs) And there's a reason for that, which we'll discuss in just a bit. Uh, But before that, I want to give you guys a quick little history on how we got to this point. Uh-huh. So if you rewind back to August of 2022, after literally years of discussion, uh-huh. Justin and I were again discussing the idea of starting a metal podcast. This time, something different happened, though. The conversation actually continued throughout the week while there was no alcohol involved. <laughs> yep. And we both realized that we were actually serious this time. Mm-hmm. But as we discussed it, we quickly realized that our music tastes were so similar that the show may not be dynamic enough, and we really needed someone else to come in and add a different perspective. Mm-hmm. I told Justin that I knew the perfect guy. He was busy. <laughs> Having known Bobby from work, I knew that he was someone that always said exactly what was on his mind, mm-hmm. and that he definitely was not a mainstream metal guy. Mm-hmm. So I sent Bobby a text that week and asked him if he wanted to be part of our podcast and come on and just bust our balls weekly about our music taste. Mm. And he replied about 10 minutes later and said, hell yeah, I'm down. Quick reply. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming at that point, he probably didn't actually think it was going to (laughs) happen. But to his surprise, I hit him up the next week and let him know that I'd purchased some equipment and asked when we could meet up to get a plan going and get this podcast off the ground. Mm Mm-hmm. So the three of us got together at a local brewery on September 11th of last year. Mm -hmm. And while we didn't get a ton of planning done, we did have a cool discussion about some of our favorite bands. And we had a damn good time 
-hmm. We made a plan to record our first episode two weeks later, which we did. But (laughs) the idea was that this was going to be our introduction episode. We were all just supposed to discuss six of our favorite albums of all time and why they were important to us. We had a really great discussion that somehow started off with us all talking about Limp Biscuit, mm, yes. which made for a really nice icebreaker and uh, was a good demonstration mm-hmm. of uh, how different our music tastes <laughs> were from Bobby's. And we just mm-hmm. kept rolling. But we had a damn good time, and we couldn't wait to get the episode out for everyone to hear. But there was one problem. Uh-oh. None of us knew what the <laughs> hell we were doing. And unfortunately, the audio was completely unusable. Oops. Mm-hmm. The audio was filled with background noise, and it echoed so bad that you couldn't even listen to it without getting the worst headache of your life. Mm. So I begrudgingly texted these guys to let them know that we would have to scrap the audio and record a fresh episode. We made the decision then not to re-record the episode and just make the top six debut albums our first episode. Fortunately... We did eventually figure out how to properly record and edit an episode, (laughs) and we got the correct Mm -hmm. equipment, Mm -hmm. but until now, we've never actually revisited this original episode. So in preparation for this anniversary episode, I subjected myself to the torture of listening to the lost episode and made enough notes that we were able to go back and at least revisit some of the subject matter. We're not going to be able to create that magic that we had that was the first time with the three of us getting together. But we'll do our fucking best for you to give you something that's entertaining. Basically, what we're doing for this week is discussing six metal albums that we feel that we could not live without. Mm -hmm. And I'll preface by saying it's pretty much impossible to pick only six. And depending on which day you ask me, my list could look completely different. Hmm. That said, let's get into it. Number six. My number six pick is Megadeth with Rust in Peace. Mm -hmm. What better place to start than with the undisputed kings of 90s thrash metal? Is it undisputed? Megadeth. I think it's just disputed as fuck. I dispute this, (laughs) but not this album. This is the album that started it all. Mm -hmm. I've mentioned before, I grew up in a house where everyone listened to country music, except for my older brother. That meant if I wanted to hear something cool, I had to get it in small doses while it played out of my older brother's speakers. Mm. And one of the earliest metal memories I have is hearing Holy Wars, not Unholy Wars, <laughs> blasting in the bedroom that I shared with my older brother. Oh, yeah. Had an immediate and permanent impact on me. And to this day, I think that Holy Wars is a perfect song. And in my opinion, it's the best thrash metal song ever written. I know. It's also it's debatable, but it's, it's there. fucking yeah. great. How do you follow a masterpiece of a song? With eight more thrash metal bangers. Mm-hmm. This album has some of the best guitar solos of all time. Mm-hmm. Marty Friedman is an absolute beast. Mm-hmm. There's no way I could live without this album for the rest of my life. My number six pick is Megadeth with 1990s Rust in Peace. Fuck yeah, man. Uh, just a quick little thing that I, I guess it was an epiphany or whatever he lies about myself. Uh, I'm always going on about how I like the back end of the album and stuff. And I realized why, because I was listening to Megadeth this week because this of the thing. Um, one of my favorite songs is Poison Was the Cure. Yeah. Now, back in the day of cassette tapes. My older brothers were fucking assholes, and I was always trying to hang out, and I'd be like, hey, let me, I just want to listen to the fucking metals or whatever, and they'd be like, well, you can listen to the fucking first side, and when it's done, fuck off, and I'd be like, all right, 
So when they went around, I would sneak in and steal the tapes. And it was always the second side I wanted to fucking hear. So I'd always be listening to the side B of all these fucking <laughs> albums. And shit. That's where all the cool yeah. stuff is to me. And that was what it's Megadeth made me realize that. That's awesome. That was the new shit after you got your first taste. Yeah, man. Because, you know, I would always hear side A, side A, side A. And then when they weren't around, I'd sneak in and I'd go under the sheets in my room with my little Fisher Price tape player and listen to side B's, man. The B sides. Oh, yeah. Just saying. All right. So uh, nothing off my list is going to shock anybody. If you've listened for all 58 episodes, you probably know every single pick that I'm going to go down here. <laughs> but at uh, number six, we're going to go with Slipknot's uh, self-titled album. All right. Uh, this is the debut album from the Iowa Nine. 15 tracks around 60 minutes. Uh, this album broke new ground, just not in my life, but in the mainstream metal scene, a band that appealed to the new metal crowd with Corey's accessible vocals. But it added a more psychotic element. Uh, with the horror samples and aggression. On top of all that, it's rooted in death metal with Joey's mm-hmm. absolutely insane drumming. Joey Drummerson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Old drummy. Old drummy. Sick, Wait and Bleed, Eyeless, and Spit It Out are all standouts. They still play these songs to this day, but don't sleep on some of the deeper cuts like Purity, uh, Surfacing, Liberate, and Prosthetics. Uh, the album was a beast when it came out. still holds up to this day. Uh, one of the best debut albums of all time. We did a track-by-track track breakdown of this album on episode 48, if you want to go mm-hmm. back and check it out. Yeah, if you think uh, Slipknot's self-titled debut album is a six-upside-down pentagrams, let me get a hell's yeah. Hell hell's yeah. yeah. Or yeah, Jason. He's pretty good. He sucks, <laughs> that's <fine. laughs> 1984, England, the heavy metal juggernaut known as Iron Maiden released their fifth album, Power Slave. Eight songs, 51 minutes of sonic perfection. From the intense opener, Aces High, to the epic closer, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, you'll find expertly crafted songs performed by outstanding musicians at their peak. Dueling guitars with riffs and solos for days. One of the most underrated drummers out there. The rumbling bass galloping along, holding everything together, while the vocals of a medieval bard tell you stories of battle, honor, and glory. You want to hear somebody play correctly? Old Buzzo, he chooses Led Zeppelin. I choose Iron Maiden, and their album Power Slave is essential in my top six. (laughs) We reviewed that album on the colorfully titled episode. Bobby was not here, but he loves it. I do. Number five. My number five comes from Every Time I Die with their album, The Big Dirty. Oh, yeah. Realistically, I don't want to live in a world without any of E-Ted's albums. But if I could only have one, this is the one I'm taking. Every song on this album is a fucking banger. It's filled with sleazy southern riffing, Mm. hardcore punk energy, Mm. and some of the best wordplay I've ever heard by a vocalist. The lyrics on this album are probably the main reason that this is the one that made the list. Keith Buckley is and always will be one of my favorite vocalists and lyricists. In the song Rehab, he says, I enticed the devil out with a bottle, but maybe it was he who lured me out instead. When we slept in penitent beds, we woke in the loving arms of attrition. So what's my excuse now that hell isn't courting me? Another cool example of Keith's lyrics are on the song Cities and Years. I was still in one piece when they tied me to the back of the car, but I'm at the road and I've slept with thousands of miles since the day I was born. Our shoes are milled to the soul and our souls are skin and bones. If I'm but a stranger still, just move the severed pieces around. Everything that Keith writes is very poetic, very clever, 
It's not like the normal stuff that you get from a metal band. I just have a lot of respect for this band uh, as instrumentalist and Keith as a vocalist and a, a lyricist. <laughs> There's tons of reasons to listen to ETID, but if you're a fan of well-written lyrics, check out my number five pick from Every Time I Die with their 2007 album, The Big Dirty. It's a great album name. I was going to say that too. It's pretty good. My number five pick is the newest album on the list for me. It was released in 2022. 10 songs, 61 minutes. It's Lorna Shore's Pain Remains. Uh, This album smashes you in the face over and over and over and over again. It's not for the weaker. What did you say, Bobby? It's not a casual listen, people. If if you're going to... Bed Bath and Beyond to get a new fucking candle. This ain't the shit. You know what I mean? You want some good headphones or a good car stereo, not your clock radio speakers. This is this is a it's an event for your ears, you know? It's ear candy. Even if you don't like this shit, listen to the first song and you know, just so you got something to fucking talk about. Like Jesus Christ. Lorna Shore. If I do you like metal and you're like, I like Lorna Shore, I'm like fucking serious business. Okay, that's this, this conversation's changed a little bit. It ain't for pussies. Opening the gates of hell and peeking inside. This is an absolutely brutal ride. Uh, There's layers upon layers. It takes several listens to really appreciate what's going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Finishing with the 20 minute epic trilogy of The Pain Remains, which is an emotional roller coaster. Over the last year, this is by far my most listened to album. Uh, Through the madness, there's a sense of calming and peace that it gives me. Uh, Maybe it's the orchestral elements uh, or the precisely enunciated and powerful lyrics from Will. Uh, No matter what it is, the album is a force. Lorna Shore are the crowned kings of deathcore. Nobody's doing this shit better. Uh, Do not sleep on this band and don't sleep on this album. The hype is well-deserved. Uh, it's a masterpiece, in my opinion. Uh, We did a deeper breakdown on episode 32, if you missed it. Nice. Hopefully, if we get in a situation where we really only have six albums, we can borrow back and forth because I'd I'd like to have that one, too. That's fucking killer, man. (laughs) We're all on the same fucking island with these three. That's pretty good. We've got a pretty good... uh, That's 18 uh, albums if we're all the same. We'll we'll share. We'll we'll survive. Sharing is caring. I'll point out all the cool... We'll burn CDs for each other and shit, you know? All right, 1997, England. Doom Metal Titans unleash this sonic blasphemy upon the universe. Eight songs, 63 minutes. The sophomore album from Electric Wizard, Come My Fanatics. This is the one. The opening riff is the best Doom riff ever. Big giant guitar, gnarly bass, all the effects pedals, sleazy, sludgy, low and slow, and fucking loud as hell. Sick stuff all over this fucking album. Crazy cool samples. Some really good dropouts. Wizard in Black, Son of Nothing, and Demon Lung are killer tracks. Some of the best stuff in Doom was inspired by this band and this album. I don't think Doom is an acquired taste. You love it or you don't. Mm. If you like vocals you can hear and understand, this is not for you. If you like clean production with little to no use of effects, this is not for you. If you don't like the bass at maximum all the time forever, this is not for you. Now, if you are really into well-crafted, intricate songs played with surgical precision, this is not for you. 
This is sloppy, <laughs> bluesy, drugged out musical lunacy with the attitude akin to punk rock delivered as slow and as evil as possible. Get your levels right because they sure as fuck did. Come My Fanatics by Electric Wizard is a must in my top six albums. Check that shit out. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like lyrics and shit, but I still like some doom metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say that whole checklist like applied to me. Like I was like, yeah. mm-hmm. I was 50 50. Not for me. <laughs> it's not for you. Number four. My fucking number four pick. Vision of Disorder with their self-titled album. Mm. This is another album that I just have to have in my life. Despite the fact that it was released in 1996, it's always remained in my regular rotation, and that's because of the raw intensity of the music. I know I've talked about this band and this album before, so I'm not going to go super in-depth here, but this album's definitely part of the soundtrack of my youth. Hell yeah. Specifically the chapter where I was doing a lot of skateboarding. Hell yeah. All right. Few albums get me as pumped up as this one does. Mm. I literally feel like I could run through a fucking brick wall when this shit's playing. <laughs> All right. Kool-Aid man. So there you go. Who needs cocaine when you got VOD? My number four pick is Vision of Disorder with their self-titled album. Nice. Vision of Disorder. Mm-hmm. My number four pick comes from Lamb of God and it is Sacrament. It's their fifth studio album, 11 songs, 46 minutes. Uh, This is the album that made me love the band and propelled them into one of my favorite modern metal bands. Mark Morton and Chris Adler are on fire for this one. Randy's trying new things. He's crushing his vocal delivery. All these guys are just on it. Opening with one of the greatest pit songs ever, in my opinion, Walk With Me In Hell. With many other standout tracks like Again We Rise, Descending, Pathetic, more Time to Kill, and, of course, Black at the Cursed Sun. That's a cool-ass riff. Uh, this is a modern groove metal classic. Mm. There's no skip songs, not even fucking Redneck. I've come to love it no. and hate it at the same time. Uh, we have a track-by-track review of this album on episode 36, if you want to go back and check it out. It actually is a tough call between this and Ashes of the Wake for me, but uh, Walk With Me in Hell gives this one the edge. All right. All right. Sacrament from Lamb of God's my number over jumping on right when the band went mainstream very justin like you guys tried to talk me into this band for so many fucking years we it, did uh, it took this out i get why this one was the it one. wasn't redneck though it was walk with me in hell yeah. and it, like finally clicked for me so no there this is a very uh special album by that band i agree with you and that's why we both gave it a six on that episode yeah. oh spoiler you should have already fucking listened to that. Yeah, you What's the matter with you? You should have sh- you should have shared that episode. If you didn't go back and fucking share episode yeah, thirty six. Mm. Shit, nineteen ninety five, Maryland, Stoner Rock Messiah's Clutch let loose their second full length album, which is self titled, but is often referred to as the Space Album. 13 songs, 55 minutes. This sonic odyssey is a great point in this band's constant pursuit of the ultimate rockin' sound. They slow things down on this album, less aggressive but no less heavy by any means. Sleazy blues and psychedelic slip and slide all over with big chunky riffs, partying grooves, and some really interesting lyrics. The tracks Rock and Roll Outlaw and I Have the Body of John Wilkes Booth are incredible, but Escape from Prison Planet is my favorite of all time. Fat bass, effects smothered guitars, killer drumming, and cool vocals all come together to make this amazing stoner rock masterpiece. Clutch's self-titled album is an absolute fucking must in my top six albums of all time. Nice. Number three. 
My number three pick is Lamb of God with their breakthrough album from 2003, As Palaces Burn. So initially, I was reluctant to get into Lamb of God. Uh, they were really starting to take off in the early 2000s at the peak of like Kill Switch inspired metalcore and the Scandi metal boom. So at the time, I was really into the big sing along hooks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still am, mm-hmm. but I also like, you know, heavy all the time stuff as well now. But a buddy of mine named Justin, not this one, a different Justin, um, was playing the song Ruin in his truck one day. And when it got to the slow breakdown at the end, I was just hooked right in. For some reason, the vocals for Lamb of God had never clicked with me before. But in that moment, it hit me just right. I went to Best Buy the next day. I bought this album as well as New American Gospel and Ashes of the Wake. And I just binged on Lamb of God for weeks after that. Um, Lamb of God has never put out an album that I don't like. Mm -hmm. But this has always been my favorite. That's my number three pick from Lamb of God with their breakthrough album from 2003. That was so good. So we did a little background story in the beginning. Uh, This is one of the earlier conversations you and I had when we first met. I think the first conversation you were rocking on the Deftones and I popped in. I was like, what the fuck are you listening to? Deftones. I was like, (laughs) I like that. And then randomly another time I stopped and I was like, what kind of music do you like? And you said, well, I listen to weird stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah? I'm like, what? And you said <laughs> so proudly, Lamb of God. And I was like, oh, Burn the Priest? And you're like, Ooh. And I laughed at you because that was your obscure band. But here we are today with a fucking goddamn show about my <laughs> And you're talking about your favorite album is a Lamb of God one. So fuck yeah, good job. I like it. What do you have, Electric Spider? All right, my number three pick comes from Machine Head. It is The <laughs> Blackening. So released in 2007, the sixth studio album from the Thrash Groove Masters, eight songs, 61 minutes. Long songs that breathe and build, killer riffs, bass-melting solos, blistering drums, meaningful lyrics, and a vocal delivery conveying emotions of rage to sadness and everything in between. It's heavy, it's melodic, it's everything I want in a metal album. From the slow build of the opener, clenching the fists of descent to the pit-fueled beautiful morning, the rage-filled dime-bag tribute aesthetics of hate, the epic halo to the closing dark, melodic, soul-crushing a farewell to arms. This is a modern masterpiece. The greatest metal album of the 2000s, in my opinion, and the peak of Machine Head. It's Machine Head's The Black Thing. Absolutely. Second best album Machine Head ever made. 1993 was a year of incredible music, but nothing could prepare the world for what came bursting out of Brazil with a demonic yell of defiance. Sepultura armed with their album Chaos AD. Mm-hmm. This band kicked the music world in the balls and spit in its face. Nobody was doing this. They abandoned the solid, thrashy death metal ship they were making and conjured this angry beast. Still applying the many changes in death style arrangements, they are now implementing Latin flavored drum beats, giving it the tribally sounds. Igor is tickling the shit out of those toms all over this fucking album. And he's starting to use some East Coast hardcore beats that he would uh, lean more into on the later albums. And this helps what's going on riff-wise on the album. They slowed it down a bit. Riffs are chunkier with just enough swing on them to make it deliciously sludgy. They also get into some serious punk-style stuff, like the song Biotech is Godzilla, 
awesome acoustic jams with Kaios, and the cool cover of New Model Army's song, The Hunt. Andreas really fucking lets go on this one. Really sick solos with lots of character. This is why he's one of my favorite fucking lead guitarists. Max isn't going the death metal route with his vocals. It's the same infected voice, but has more of a groove metal attack. Lyrically, this was very angry, anti-government, fuck the establishment, fuck the world type shit. And combined, this effect just had the sound of an post-apocalyptic gang fighting against the world. It's brutal. The entire album is a standout. But some of my favorites are Propaganda and Nomad. Without a fucking question, Chaos AD, absolutely in the top six. Six out of six. Mm-hmm. And if you want to hear all of us gush on that album, you can listen to the Cavalera Cacophony of Chaos episode. God, yeah. Get some of that. One. It was almost a year ago, guys. I'm getting there. And still, in my opinion, the best Sepultura album to date. Oh, yeah. fucking easy. Yeah. Yeah. Number two. My number two comes to you from Deftones with the album Around the Fur. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know I like Deftones? A little bit. Uh, do you put your headphones on when you listen to the Deftones? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. the best way to listen to yeah. it. My buddy hey, Fred no, Durst told me that. Yeah, no bullshit. They're like Deftones. They do cool uh, mixing tricks and shit with the headphones. There's some neat shit going on, definitely. Yeah. There's a reason why that lyric exists. No, I'm just yeah. saying. And I'm not even the biggest Deftones I'm fan. just saying. Yeah, whenever the world makes me sick to my stomach, I, I put on my headphones to listen to the Deftones. Yeah. Good shove it. So this is another album that's never been out of rotation for me since the first time I heard it. I remember back in the day, I was already listening to Corn and Rage, and one of the other skater kids in my neighborhood asked me if I'd ever heard of Deftones, which I replied, no. And he beat him up and took a skateboard. He passed me his Walkman. Was it a Walkman or a Discman? It was a Walkman. Hell so yeah. a cassette? Fuck it was yeah. a cassette. All right. Holy shit. I like it. Absolutely. We're fucking old guys. And the song My Own Summer was playing. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to give the Walkman back, <laughs> but eventually I had to. But he ended up loaning me his copy of the album so that I could uh, go back and make my own copy of it until I was able to buy my own. Not only is this one of my favorite all-time albums, but it really opened up the floodgates for me to get into so many other bands. Because of this album, I developed a taste for similar bands such as Will Haven, Far, Glassjaw, Finch, and Volumes, mm-hmm. and Sleep even most, most recently Loathe. Mm-hmm. And I loathe Sleep Token. Yeah, me too. I mention this all the time, but as much as I love metal, I don't always want it to be angry. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Deftones Around the Fur was it showed me that you can create something that's beautiful and aggressive mm-hmm. without having all the tough guy lyrics, without trying to sound evil. Much as I love all of those things, and I, mm-hmm. I do, mm-hmm. sometimes I want to listen to metal and just feel happy and chill. <laughs> And there's no better band to listen to for that than the Deftones. Mm. There are a few albums that I love more than my number two pick. Deftones with their 1997 album, Around the Fur. Oh, yeah. I got a quick question. Uh, You said you heard it from your buddy skating, and then you took it home. Did you uh, present it to your older brother, and what did he think of that? Because mostly you got your shit from your older brother, now you're bringing something new. So that's what's funny. He did not hate on it at all. Mm. I totally showed it to him. He didn't get it. Mm. It it wasn't for him. Even though he liked corn, he couldn't wrap his head around that. And he never went down the new metal path, I guess, because he was just a little older than me. (laughs) 
Um, so he always supported me with whatever I liked, and right. he never picked on me about it, but he just didn't get into it. What do you think, though? Yeah. I, don't know. I feel you on that. Nah, we all heard, uh, me and the brothers, we were at Ace's Records, picking up some stuff, and they were like, you like corn? And, we're like, eh, and they were like, check this shit out, and they played the fucking, the earlier one. And the adrenaline, like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, that. And we bought that immediately. And yeah. then we were like, yeah, definitely. They're, they're real cool, man. Yeah. We reviewed that album on a previous episode. Mm-hmm. Go find it. Yeah. Don't listen to it unless you want to get angry at a soulless fucking ginger. <laughs> okay. Who rates Deftones albums lower than Disturbed I, so albums. I, yeah, like, you yeah, know, I would, I would change that rating slightly now, but not too much. Everybody it's all just, right, man. We know that you like instead. Disturbed better than, I don't, know. I don't hate Deftones. Yeah, well, you love Long Disturbed. Listeners, no, no, I you don't. made it clear Disturbed. on the Stop debut it. albums episode. Stop do you like it. Disturbed better no. than Slayer? Why are you thinking about it? What our the very, fuck? Our very first been like, oh, episode, Slayer. Uh, Danny reached over and grabbed your balls, and you went, oh. Oh, he did. But what's scary is how good you imitate <laughs> David Drayton. <laughs> it is pretty good. Had a lot of practice in the bathroom. You listen to it so much. You're it's a secret closet man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought about getting the uh, the little double LeBray piercing with the things. Oh, yeah, and, you know, mm-hmm. shaving my head and yeah. pretending my mom beat my ass and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. we are off the rails now, mm-hmm. are we? Mm-hmm. Going mm-hmm. off the rails on the <laughs> man, oh, sure. a lot of takes for this episode. <laughs> All right, my number two comes as no shock to anybody that's a fan of this uh, podcast. It's Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory, Bobby's favorite album of all time. But it is one of the greatest debut albums of all time, in my opinion, in any genre, period. It was released in 2000, 12 songs, almost 38 minutes. The masterpiece of the new metal era. Chester's incredible, unmatched vocal range and passion balanced with Mike's raps and the lyrics that hit me down to my soul as a teenager. And they do still continue to speak to me to this day. It's one of the cleanest albums I've ever heard. Produced to absolute perfection. Opening with Paper Cut. The iconic tracks of One Step Closer and Crawling. To the deeper cuts like Points of Authority, Runaway, Forgotten, A Place for My Head, which is my favorite track on the album. Uh, There isn't a weak song here. uh, But in the end, uh, this is fucking next level. It's up to almost 2 billion streams on Spotify now. 2 billion streams. That's insane. Uh, but uh, the album not only defined a generation, but it continues to impact future generations because you know streaming is pretty recent here. So mm-hmm. imagine if it was streaming since 2000, how many fucking streams it would have? 12 million. Two Bobby billion hates it, but it's, like, it's, it's iconic. Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory is my number two. All right. He just is... asked me to do like fucking uh, theory math. And go back, check out the new metal episode. We deep dove into that one as well. Yes, we did. did. And as much as we're always going to continue to pick on Justin for Mm -hmm. his love of Linkin Parks, it's a perfect album. It is. It is. There's no bad songs on that album. It's. Is it the best album from the new metal era? No, he's wrong. (laughs) But hey. We already talked about that album. But it's, pick, it's a great it's album. My fucking pick. It's you, a great album. And when we're trapped on the island, you guys are going to have to be listening to it. Go hide in your corner and listen to Megadeth and something to fucking laugh at. Yeah, hopefully we got multiple, you know, 
players on there so that now we just got one and we all got to take up to one bluetooth speaker yeah, and, we fight like, and we fight over it what the hell is he gonna do while you're listening to lincoln park and then he's listening the fuck to am i gonna do while he's listening to electric wizard? electric wizard Jesus. and what am i gonna do when you listen to fucking deftones go to well, sleep take a fucking guess- nap We'll make a game and see how long the three of us can go without hanging ourselves from a coconut tree. I might just fucking eat both of y'all and just listen to my cool shit. There you go. It just turned out to be a wonderful vacation. Speaking of cool shit, Bobby, after you're there a couple months alone, you're going to be listening to Lincoln Park and crying because you miss him. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. In the end, you're going to miss him. And nobody will know. Yep. Nobody will know. You you can let it all out. I mean. Nobody will ever know that you have real human emotions. They don't got to know. Okay. What you got for number two, Bobby? (laughs) 2002, California. Long before this power trio would earn a Grammy, these stoner metal sorcerers summoned quite the demonic sound for their second album. High on fire, surrounded by thieves. Is the sonic equivalent of Motorhead and Venom having a three-way with old Black Sabbath with an extra scoop of fuzzy distortion. Des Kenzel, one of my favorite drummers, showing off his crazy style of battle drums. Matt Pike with the sick riffs and wickedly evil solos. This is the soundtrack to the thousand-year war of Carcosa. Songs like Hong, Drawn, and Quartered, Speedwolf, and Nemesis are amazing. But this album, as I've mentioned before, has a really cool closer, Razor Hoof. It's a badass song of galloping brutality, but it ends with a crushing drum beat that fades out with distortion, and then they fade into the next album with it. It's really fucking cool. This is where I started digging in deep with the stoner metal stuff. Fucking love this album, High on Fire, Surrounded by Thieves, has to be in my top six albums of all time. Now, we don't talk about that band enough. We don't. No, not nearly as much as Lincoln Park. I know. Sorry, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to get on top of talking about Can Iron I just Fire say way more. That if you actually pictured that weird threesome, that's a lot of ugly motherfuckers <laughs> fucking each other all at the same time. Ozzy's like screaming like weird <laughs> incoherent <laughs> shit. <laughs> you don't know if he's enjoying it or not. Like he mm-hmm. might be trying to tell you to stop. He might be sound telling you to go. I'll, I'll be enjoying some high and fire. Me, he's just giving you that black tooth man. <laughs> <laughs> sitting there on the sitting there on the beach drinking our coconuts. Bobby will. Uh, yeah, man, that's how you're fucking wrong. Drinking our coconuts. <laughs> 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 we'll enjoy some high and fire. Jason drink will go run around the fucking island for a little bit. Drink these. Fetch us more coconuts. <laughs> What you got for number one, Jason? One. Whatever gets me away from Matt Pike. Mm. Okay. He believes in lizard people. Watch (laughs) out. Number one. My number one comes from Hatebreed. Never heard of them. With their album Perseverance. Mm, Fucking awesome. So I put this album at number one for a reason. Because it's great. There's not another album in existence that has helped me through as many tough times as this album. And for that reason, I feel absolutely fucking invincible when I listen to this album. I get some of that. Just has always been the king of conveying a positive message through his songs while the band pumps out brutal music that makes you feel 10 feet tall when you listen to it. Every song on this album is special to me, but the title track, Perseverance, is still my go-to track when I'm struggling with literally anything and I need motivation to push through it. One of the most powerful parts of the song is glimpses of fate bring light to your despair. Realize hope isn't short of your grasp. 
resurrect every dream that you buried alive and never succumb to the war that you fight in your heart. Perseverance against all opposition. With this album, I could fight through any challenges that life ever Mm -hmm. throws at me. And that's why it's my number one pick. Hatebreed with their 2002 album, Perseverance. Great fucking album. Okay, get some of that. I like oh, yeah. it. That was good. My number one. Again, if you're a fan of the show, you should fucking know where I'm going with this. Uh, I'm just kidding. This is a good one. Metallica's they, Ride the Lightning. Mm-hmm. Their second album released in the greatest year ever because I was born in 1984. Yeah, I'm old as fuck. What are you talking about? I'm actually the youngest one on the show, you old motherfuckers. Eight songs, 47 and a half minutes of thrash metal perfection. This is my introduction to metal. It's the first cassette that I got as a kid. All right. <laughs> Again, I'm fucking old. All right. We all had cassettes, bro. It's okay. <laughs> it was We're also all old together. It was also my first CD and probably the first album that I fucking downloaded off of Napster. Hey, fuck you, Metallica. Or <laughs> Mars. <laughs> I, like uh, I remember the acoustic opening of Fight Fire with Fire pulling me in before just melting my face off in ways that I had never heard before. Is that why you look like that? That's why I look like that. That's why I have no hair on my head. Uh, for whom the bell tolls is one of my favorite tracks of all time. Fade to black slows it down in the middle. Trapped under ice, escape, mm-hmm. escape, and creeping death. They're all mm-hmm. classics. Uh, this album is the blueprint for exactly what I want in a metal album, and everything changed for me. And it will always be my number one. Uh, we will go further into this album with a actual review. Is it next week? Soon, I guess. Next week. I don't know. Whenever the Next week, guys. Don't hold us to it. As we start breaking down all of Metallica's albums. Our next discography. Yeah, there you go. Second best thrash metal band of all time. Oh, you fucking stop it. You can't deny this is the greatest fucking metal band of all time. I can totally deny The biggest biggest metal band of all time. The biggest. We can all agree on that. Used to be Crowbar. Remember, it's a bunch of fat dudes. They're like the heaviest band. But yes, you got 12 <laughs> album reviews coming up, including the absolute horseshit St. Anger. But we were talking about Ride the Lightning here because oh, it's yeah. the best album of all time, in my opinion. Nah, it's cool. That's your favorite album. I you love it. Mean? It's a good one. I love it. All right. What you got, Bobby? All of the bands and albums I've mentioned have had an influence on me even as an artist, my playing style, the sound I make, my approach as a songwriter. But this last album is what I achieved to do. For me, this whole thing is the epitome of cool art. Technically a super group, not to be blown off as a side project, 1994, the one and only Nail Bomb with Point Blank. 13 songs, 63 minutes of the sickest shit I've ever heard and seen. Nail Bomb, great name. Point Blank, awesome name from album. Album covers a black and white photo of an M16 barrel pressed against the head of somebody who didn't live long after the photo was taken. It's fucking brutal. Sonically, this shit is crazy. Absolutely filthy, scummy staccato riffs, dirty bass, robot drums, but it doesn't have the normal stiffness of industrial music. It has more of a sleazy aggressiveness to it. Effects on the vocals, really weird thrashy punk stuff mixed with the noise rock. Super raw, but still so good. This is a very do-it-yourself, let's-see-who-we-can-create type project, which produced one of the coolest albums ever and they never did anything else. Mm-hmm. So fucking punk rock. This shit is infamous. Something like this, just one day, I want to fucking make 
anything close to this shit. Some of my favorite shit on here is Vutomo no Ku. It starts with that disgustingly cool riff, then goes into the old Max. I love this riff from Helmet, and I ripped it off eight or nine times, but you don't know that. Again, still fucking great every time he does it. For fuck's sake is Industrial Gold, and Sick Life has all the guys from Sepultura on it for the epic closer. Yeah, I really fucking like Nail Bomb, point blank. It'd be dumb if it wasn't on my top six albums of all fucking time. Now, just one final thing I'd like to speak about before we fucking get out of here. I think it's cool that you had Rust in Peace, you love Megadeth. And you had Ride the Lightning, you love Metallica, sir. Representing both camps, and you both kind of don't like the other band. So we got the age-old question, who's the better band, Megadeth or Metallica? Well, the answer always has been and always will be Sepultura. <laughs> all right, folks, that's all we've got this time. Thanks for partying with us. Be cool. Be metal. All right, everyone. That is our show for this week. That's it. Hopefully you enjoyed our one-year anniversary special. You fucking enjoyed it. If you're enjoying the podcast, don't forget to give us a five-star rating wherever you're going to stream the episodes. Mm-hmm. Make sure you tune in next week. We're going to get into part one of our discussion on one of the most important discographies in metal. Mm-hmm. Did that hurt you to say that? After all these episodes, we're finally going to talk about Metallica. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then never again. Some of us are excited about it. <laughs> some of us. A little yeah. bit. Part, some of it. It'll start good. Yeah. And then it'll end terribly. No. It's probably going to be a lot of funny shit in there. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. That's it for this week. That's it, motherfuckers. What do you want from us? Until next week, keep it metal and listen to Smash Mouth. I guess I didn't put where Newport was. Richie? Uh, New Jersey? I don't know. Michigan? I don't know. Iowa? Can I continue? Ligma. And I'm excited. Have you been practicing saying malevolence in the mirror? Oh, I was You nailed it, bro. It was pretty good. No more male violence around here. Uh, we're, we're not saying that. <laughs> I was called out for all the shit I say wrong, too. You should be. Yes. <laughs> That's somebody fucking analyzing my shit. Now, somebody, so. yeah. All right. It's a Deftones album over there. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't think that. <laughs> I don't even want to look at it. You know, the bass player thinks it's flat earth. You guys believe in flat earth shit? It's a guitar player, but yeah. It is a guitar player. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. Flat earth. And Get your shit together, man. You, He's you like talk a, shit about somebody and you know what instrument man, they play? You know, he came from the Deftones. How right? did you fall off the edge of the earth? I didn't have my headphones on when I was listening to them, so it didn't sound right. It's going to fall in reverse, though. Yeah, yeah, like I did into my car. Mm-hmm. Except that was forward, head first. Nonpoint will have a headline run this December with Head PE, Some Psycho, and Varsity. It's Sumo man. Psycho. Okay, I didn't put the whole word. Some Psycho. I mean, <laughs> it sounds psycho. better. Yeah. Sounds better. Some, some psycho. psycho. They're playing with some Psycho. Yeah. Sumo Psycho. Yeah, I could have said BRSY. All right, hey. There we go. Bobby with the news. Doot, doot.
Why the fuck would I have the news? Why would it be Bobby with the news? And then you're doing the doop doop doop. Here we go. It's Bobby with the reviews. Five minutes alone. He's just mixing all the whole checks mix of fucking wrongness. Six suits. Is there what? Is there six Iron Man type shit? The oh, fuck, fuck did you sh- guys smoke? Shiver, 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 shiver. That fucking band. I hope you meet Jasta tomorrow after you smoke this weird shit and you I talk like, hey, Jasta, shit. Hey, my best friend, Joshua. My number three pick comes from Liam God with Ashes of the Week. That's a good pick. It is. Yeah. Might say it's better than Sacrament. We got two log albums at our island. Two logs of shit. Bobby is getting kicked <laughs> off the island. So I was initially... Fuck rel- your island. I'm going to start my own island with blackjack and hookers. The news. The news. The news. <laughs> the news. 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 Yeah. The news. The news. The news. The news. Do 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 do. The news. The news. The news. The booze. The news. The 1999 news. <laughs> the news. The news. <laughs> the news. The news. Yes. The booze. <laughs> The news. The news. The news. The news. What the fuck are you trying to jinx us? <laughs> <laughs>